0: Along with Chuck Davison, I'm Lyle Stokes. Welcome to the show tonight. We're going to talk about uh, upgrading your equipment whether you need to or not, or how often you need to or not. And we'll probably get into doing a little talking about some catfishing and trying to find some big fish. How's it going tonight, Chuck? Pretty good. Um, trying to figure out where to find some big fish at. Yeah, well, the way we got it, the rivers are all flooded and made major flood stage. and it, uh, I'm not real sure it's going to get any better for a while. You got anything like that down your way?
1: No, nah, we're uh, they're hardly giving us any current at all down here on the Coosa River. I uh, hadn't had a chance to get up <laughs> to the Tennessee lately, but uh, down here the uh, don't look like the flatheads are holding up yet, and the the like the blues may be coming off. So maybe we can get a few in the boat here in the next week or so.
0: Well, that'd be good. I haven't talked to anybody and. Uh, I understand the blues are coming off around here but uh, I haven't been out it's just been uh, <clears throat> been kind of rough and uh, actually been checking into doing some stuff on uh, Mark Twain lake I uh, I'm not too much of a lake fisherman but I'm considering going up there and looking around just because I hear that they are coming off a nest on the on the lake and and uh, that'd be Uh, something to check into until the rivers kind of get down where it's a tolerable level.
1: Oh, yeah, I like doing, uh, I like, you know, going back and forth. I like trying to hit the lakes and stuff during the week when, uh, during the summer, especially when most of the recreational uh, boating and water skiers and jet skis and stuff aren't out in the lake. On the weekends, uh, you I hit the skinny water to try to stay away from
0: all that. Absolutely. Them guys, them jet skis, they can be kind of a pain, but you know, they, got, uh, they want to get out there and play on the water, too. Um, one thing that I have an advantage on is we're able to go out and mess around sometimes during the middle of the week and uh, everybody else is working, and sometimes I'll just take off, and, and uh, Cindy and I will go out and, and uh, pre-fish or, or look for spots and stuff when uh, uh, everybody else is not able to, and that makes a big difference to me.
1: Oh, yeah, just, uh, you know, when I take vacation, you know, I try to get in a week during the summer or so. And, uh, you know, during that time, I don't even fish on the weekends at all. I just go ahead and pick out a few days during the week and uh, hit it pretty hard. And, you know, you would hardly have any trouble unless it's, you know, right around 4th of July or something like that. Right,
0: right. Well, I know this is going to be a, uh, a major weekend for, for boaters and people and uh, everybody needs to remember to be safe out there and not, not get yourself in any trouble or anything because it will be a, a mess with everybody trying to get everything going and, and uh, having their barbecues and fireworks and all that stuff so uh, need to make sure everybody's safe and, and uh, not, not get yourself into a bind in any, in any way.
1: Yeah, and it's, uh you know, being out fishing those channel edges and stuff during those times. Uh, there's so many uh, people that, you know, out in their boats for the first time, never owned boats in their life, and they decide to get one, bring their families out. You know, most of them don't get out but a few times a year anyway. So, um, you know, they, they really don't know, you know, how to be considerate. You know, they don't know, you know, it... Half the time, they don't even see you sitting in the, you know, on the channel edge. So some of them just look at you like, "What are you doing out here in the middle of the lake anyway?" So, right. You know, so uh, you know, I don't, even, I don't even try to fish the lakes, you know, on any holiday weekend ever. I just, you know, if I do, I hit skinny water, and that's at night.
0: One of the things that uh, <clears throat> I want to mention to everybody uh, up here, like I say, we are flooded, uh, major major flood stage and uh, if we're if the rivers are not at major flood stage especially the Mississippi it will be in a few days and these guys getting out this weekend and playing around if we're going to use an anchor make sure that they have a a knife handy in case somebody's leg or something gets uh, uh, tangled up in the in the rope or something where you can get them cut loose and and get them out of there you don't need anybody getting drowned or hurt uh cause any difficulties but uh, that's that's something that we do. Uh, we try to keep a knife at each end of the boat, so if somebody does get tangled up in an anchor rope or whatever, you can just cut them loose and go on.
1: Yeah, and those, uh, you know, you got to watch out for those uh, big logs coming down the river and stuff. And sometimes you can't hardly see them when that, you know, they'll disguise themselves coming down in those wakes and, and just stay in the low areas, and you really don't see them until they get really close. And if one of those Slam the front of your boat and hit your anchor rope. It's gonna pull your front end under, and you don't have very long at all to cut that anchor rope if that happens. So you need to have one handy for sure if you're out doing that.
0: That is that is correct because you just you know I've had the uh, anchors get hung up before, and and uh, uh, it's really a bad situation if you're in heavy current and you get you get uh, stuck in a spot like that. My oldest son and I had a had a deal like that a few years ago, and, and uh, I kept telling Antonio, I said, cut the rope, cut the rope. He said, I don't want to lose the anchor. I said, Man, anchors last you, whereas we buy more anchors. Just cut that rope and get going. But uh, it was a pretty small boat at the time, and, and uh, people need to remember to be careful uh, in this high water because it's not just anchor ropes. Um, you know, there's a lot of other things that can happen in high water, and, and things can get away from you in a hurry if you're not really careful. Um, when we're talking about upgrading Chuck um, uh, I assume that you do some upgrading the biggest the biggest thing that I see that uh, that needs to be upgraded from my perspective is electronics it changes yearly and and um, affordability is something that makes it hard to upgrade with all the new stuff but um, personally as far as As uh, reels and rods and different things, I try. I don't usually upgrade every year on that. Uh, I have upgraded all my anchors to Cat Rivers, which has been a major uh, plus for me. Uh, The electronics and stuff we upgraded the year before last, and I'm hoping it'll make it another year or two uh, to get the new off of the new Onyx and stuff like that to where when I upgrade it, they'll have all the bugs worked out of it. But you know, I'm not sure how often you upgrade your products and. And, and your equipment, but um, we upgraded a boat here a couple years ago, and it'll probably be a few years before we do that again. So uh, I'm not big on upgrading unless I'm having a problem with something. The anchor deal, we was having problems with them holding, and and found something that had worked. Uh, I, I don't trade out my braided line every two or three, four years. It, it lasts so much longer. There's no stretch in it. Uh, when I was using monofilament, I was trading it out every year. And, the braid I just switch ends on after a year or two, and and uh, it's brand new on the other end, but uh, I, I plan on my rods lasting me for 4, 5, ten, eight, ten years, and, and reels, uh, if you keep them clean and maintained. Uh, I haven't bought a new reel just because I needed one for a long time. Now, I do replace some and get some new ones uh, because I want them or I want to try something, but uh, I don't really just wear them out. I, I,
1: I'm not sure how you go about that. Yeah, well, you know, I really was reading the reviews and stuff when the um, Pen Fathoms came out, and uh, I had to try one, um, and I liked them, so I, I just went ahead and upgraded um, a few of my rods on that, and also <laughs> with the, with the Alpha Mars because I like the, um, you know, I like those new types of reels. The you know, the drags are uh, really heavy and, you know, being up where I fish on the Tennessee River, I got to get them big blues up in a hurry off that structure because with my with my lower drags, when I was using around 15, 18 pounds, uh, I couldn't turn them around and they would hang me up really quick where I would find them at. So, I when I found something that I could lock down and, you know, hope everything would hold, um, I went ahead and got them and they seem to be working out pretty good right now, but Um, for electronics, um, I've had my, my unit for, uh, three years now and just, you know, by having a hummingbird and doing the updates, um, you know, I, I don't see any reason for me upgrading yet. Um, maybe, you know, I, I might upgrade when I eventually get the 360 unit. Um, I'm really not in no hurry to get it right now anyway, but, um, the Navionics cards, um, you know, keeping them updated um, on the internet, that's, you know, pretty important. They're always changing, um, you know, the, the, what rivers they have mapped and a lot of the uh, lakes that's got pretty good flows, a lot of the structures and channels and everything changing them a pretty good bit. Um, you know, they go back and fix a lot of mistakes that they've made, so I, I try to keep my, you know, my Navionics chip upgraded. Um, but as far as that, you know, that's about all the upgrades I do.
0: On your, uh, you was talking about the Navionics chip. Um, I don't know, the Tennessee River, I don't know how you get as far as floods, but uh, the Mississippi, especially the Mississippi, but the Missouri also, Uh, where we fish a lot, Uh, every year when we get a flood like we're getting ready to have now, uh, certain things change. Sandbars will move. Um, Some of the dikes will fill in in front of the dikes, and some of them will fill in behind the dikes, and the ones that are filled in now may have a big old deep hole behind them where it didn't used to have and things like that. Uh, Do you have that issue down there where you're at?
1: No, not a whole lot because we,
0: you know, right
1: below the dams, uh, you know, when they run the floodgates heavy, um, we may see some, uh, you know, some big trees and uh, some so-called logjam type structures moved around from heavy current and and uh, you know that that part of the river and stuff is so old and the dams have been there so so long. Um, you know, it's mostly just slight erosions, what we see around here. Um, you know, we have, you know, we're dammed up every, on the Coosa, probably every 30 miles, on the Tennessee River, (laughs) except for Wilson Lake, it averages about 60 miles per reservoir. So, you know, we really don't have currents that flow heavy enough, um, that really, you know, does a whole lot of rapid changing.
0: I see. When, uh... When you uh, talk about heavy current on the Tennessee River, uh, how much current are you talking about?
1: Well, um, we're talking about when they run floodgates, and we got a lot, uh, they really can't register it uh, when they got the floodgates open. When they're running uh, real heavy, they'll run probably, you know, 58,000, 75,000 CFS. Um, you know, here lately, we haven't had, you know, if they get up in the, you know, 20s, that's doing good here lately. Um, on the Coosa Rivers, you know, if they run three generators, which most, most of our dams only have three, um, you know, there depends on the size of the generators. Some of them are, you know, 8,000 CFS apiece. Some of them are uh, 16, 12. You know, we usually, the, the, about the most that Alabama Power will provide us, uh, to try to keep flood control is probably around 32 on the Coosa. but when the floodgates are open, you really can't register it because they really don't know uh, exactly how many gallons are, you know, actually passing through the floodgates either. So
0: right. they, just,
1: they just try to monitor it by the um, the lake levels after that, and try to keep the levels by opening and closing the floodgates to keep try to keep um one lake from flooding the other they will um, every other lake on the coosa uh, is um, they use to, to try to um, use from uh, so so you'll have a, a flood break um, they'll, they'll drain it way down in the winter time it'll go about six foot from um, summer pool and because during the wintertime, you don't have the summer weather and stuff to dry up the water and uh, help control the the moisture and everything. So uh, if you have heavy rains in the winter, they're relying on dumping the water out of the full lakes into the ones that they let down uh, to control during the winter. Uh, You know, in the summer, we we hardly have that trouble unless, you know, uh, they'll just run the floodgates here and there. Uh, but pretty much they can keep it in control during the summer.
0: I see. Well, we have an <clears throat> issue with the Corps of Engineers thinking they know how to control these rivers and they hold back the water in these lakes. Uh, there's only a couple of um, couple of dams on the Missouri River and uh, they think they got to hold that water up and then people up in the northern states and what they end up doing is, is sticking it to us guys down here in the middle part of the United States and on further south um, you know, they, they need to they have all the dams and and instead of of um, keep building up the, the dikes and stuff on the inside of the levees, instead of keep making them taller and taller, they need to learn how to, to manage the water that they have and, and there's them lakes up there's got plenty of water. The people are not gonna run out of water and that way they don't have to flood us every year. It used to be the floods that we get floods it'd be in February, March, April and uh, here lately it's been May, June, July and uh, there's just no excuse for the way they're doing that and I know there's going to be some arguments about that. There is no reason to hold that water back that long Uh, and even on the Mississippi River up in uh, uh, South Dakota and and places like that where they're holding that water up there and then it's gushing it down here and uh, you know they're messing up the spawn for fish and different things. uh, you know when it busts over them levees and it floods all them farmers crops and blows out levees and gets some towns it's just ridiculous but uh, you know we I don't med- don't pay any attention to the the number of CFMs of water that comes to the dam I go by the miles per hour of current when we're uh, when we're on the river and uh, a lot of times in Missouri I'll have uh, four five six seven mile an hour current and uh, more. And uh, Mississippi, usually it's not quite so bad, but now it's way up around six to eight. With all the dams are wide open, so um, there's plenty of water flowing for us right now.
1: Yeah, we've um, there, there. A lot of these uh, communities around these lakes that they let the levels down in the winter time for the flood control. Um, You know, they let them down about six foot seven foot and it dries up all the sloughs um you know so you know around these lakes you don't have real you know nice scenery like you do around the summer you'll go to somebody's house and all out in front of their house would be just mud or dirt and um the by fishing all these lakes on the coosa i've noticed that most of these lakes that they keep um that they drop on the winter pool, it just seems like that they're not as good of fisheries as the ones that they, um, you know, that they don't mess with the levels on. I don't know if it messes with the spawns or uh, what it does, but it just seems like the ones that, you know, stay at the same pool year-round, they just seem to be a lot better fishery to me all
0: year-round. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know and, and uh we're going to have times when the the water gets up and and uh goes down and goes up and goes down but uh we'll just have to deal with that how's the fishing down south
1: Oh, it's, it's getting better right now um we uh a few of us went out Saturday and you know we caught you know 8 10 12 a boat so um You know, they were biting nothing over 20, but um, it wasn't like the Dead Sea like it was, you know, the past few weeks before that.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, like I say, it's been pretty out of hand, and it's going to get worse for us, so we haven't really been out too much uh, since the uh, tournament a couple weeks ago, and uh, we're really watching what we've got going on in Mississippi right now uh, simply because we're looking at, at a tournament in Keokuk, the 12th, and uh, right now it's really, really high up there, so we're keeping our eye on that and trying to get things going. But um, I really, around here, from what I've gathered, there's not too many people catching any fish. I I don't know if they're still on the spawn or if they're getting ready to come off the nest or just what, but uh, normally uh, you hear some people catching a few fish, and people, Uh, excuse me people posting of what they're doing and it's just been pretty quiet so I'm guessing that there's not a whole lot going on right now
1: yeah let me uh, get with everybody on this scale giveaway real quick we got uh, two of these uh, Rapala 50 pound scales Uh, we're gonna give them away to two participants all you have to do is uh, get on our um, catfish weekly page uh, our catfish weekly group and post some pictures of some catfish, your family uh, holding catfish, your family in the boat you know fishing just show us some good times we're gonna pick up um, a couple of people and give these scales away um, hopefully we'll be able to announce uh, the giveaway next Monday night.
0: Well, I know that there's some guys doing that Chuck we had some new ones on this morning early uh, I have I've been gone this afternoon, and and uh, didn't get to to check it this afternoon. But I knew there was a guy that posted a couple pictures this morning, and and uh, they'll be entered in there now. So that'll be all good for everybody. And those steels uh, yeah. are a real good product. Uh, they, are they fifty pounders?
1: Yeah, these are fifty pounders. Um, you know, I I don't ever get my. Uh, my 110 pale scales out, unless these right here say overload, which isn't very often. But um, <laughs> these are good to have around. You know, when my when my 30-pound Boga grips, you know, when they bottom out, then I grab a set of these, and um, you know they're good to have in a tournament. Um, you can just, if you know how much your uh, net weighs, as soon as you net a fish, you can just hook these uh, Rapala digital scales up weigh them and you can cull your fish right there on the spot if you keep everything wrote down, you know what you got in your live well, sit there and cull them. Um, you know, and if you, you know, they're, you know, 18 or 20 bucks, so if you drop them in the lake or break them or something like that, you're not out of a whole lot of money either.
0: Well, that sounds like a real good deal. Somebody will enjoy those and, and uh, hopefully we get um, the next giveaway thing up for, uh, for July and get it going. Uh, Chris should be back next week. He's on vacation this week and uh, we get in there and get going. Uh, we got nine or eight or nine viewers on tonight. I can't believe we don't have any questions. Usually we get a lot of questions. Oh Ronald ain't on there? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. He's uh, trying to get over uh, knocking the hole in the side of his boat when he made his trip to Missouri. That's a heck of a way to to celebrate his first trip over here to the Mississippi River. He hit a sunk buoy and ripped the side out of his lung. and uh, sounds like he's going to be getting a new one so I'm all happy for him. Nobody got hurt. That was the main thing. Um, he called me right when it happened and Cindy and I rushed down to, to find him and we got him found and got them all towed up to Right, We didn't have to actually tow them but we loaded all their stuff on our boat and, and got them to a uh, um, a ramp where a friend of mine was waiting and, and uh, he had a trailer there and they loaded it up and seeing the damage he took them around uh, quite a little drive actually to get their boat and trailer and got them loaded up and like I say the main thing was that nobody got hurt they got home safely and uh, uh, looks like he's going to be getting him a new lung
1: that's, that's good to hear
0: Yep. Yep. He, you know, we was really excited that Ron and Chris and Chris's wife made the trip all the way to Indiana to fish that Jack and Jill tournament, and and we was just having a blast. And uh, he called me. We hadn't got to set up on our first spot yet, but you know, you got to go. Uh, you don't know how much trouble they're in or anything like that. And and uh, you know, being the, the great friends that Ron and Chris are, uh, you know, whatever you got to do is what you got to do to make sure that they're safe.
1: Yeah, didn't somebody get like a new Cubs uh, license plate trim or something?
0: He got a trim ring around his Dodge, Diesel. yeah, it said St. Louis Cardinals on (laughs) it. He was so proud of that. He drove that all the way back to to, uh, Indiana like that. That's what I heard. Yeah, it was pretty nice. I was impressed. I I didn't get to put it on there, but uh, I'm not going to say that I didn't know about it, you know. (laughs) I see Aaron Wheatley's joined us. as, Are we jacked up for the monsters of Ohio? Yes, Aaron, we are. I think everybody's waiting and can't hardly stand it. You should already had it moved up so we could already be there.
1: Yep, uh, I'm counting down the days. Um, that's going to be my week's vacation this year, and um, I know it's not. It's going to be worth every minute of it.
0: It is. It's you know, and. Um, if the fishing happens to be uh, not as great as it could be or you don't happen to find them and everybody else does, um, that's one of the most fun tournaments that you, you ever will be at if you haven't been to it. Uh, we go down there and last year uh, the Ramada, I believe, is where we stayed. and There was just complete chaos down there with the parking lot. and everybody helping each other back in and unhook their boats and running around and I think for two three nights our motel room the door was uh, basically open and everybody running in and out and visiting and we talked about fishing rods and reels and boats and catching fish and drifting and uh, how each other done different things and it was a very very much uh, entertaining idea and got to meet a lot of the people that uh, we hadn't seen in a long time and and got to meet some new ones and And I got to get on Janet a little bit about our Cincinnati Reds. And, uh, you know, it's just a great time. Uh, If you're lucky, you might get to see Ryan Casey sing some karaoke. I mean, there's been some strange things happen down there.
1: (laughs) And a lot of people you talk to, they they really don't understand. And, you know, like at the beginning of the year, um, around Christmas time, I asked Leanne, I said, well, you want to go on our cruise this year or you want to go to Monsters, Ohio? I mean, she didn't think twice. She said, "Let's head to Owensboro." Absolutely, absolutely, and you know,
0: um, it's a great time, and and uh, the the whole town's behind that. But the the reason why that tournament is so good is is the effort that Aaron puts into that. Uh, you know, Aaron really puts a lot of time and energy into that, and and uh, for his for himself, and and uh, he he just he does an outstanding job, and. I believe that ever everybody that is has anything to do with fishing in Owensboro uh, stands behind him and makes sure that everything is done right, and uh, it's just a really good good place to have tournaments. They've done an outstanding job making that riverfront a, an awesome place. And uh, you know, he's reminded me how about them Kearns guys, them Dale and his son, them guys are on fire down there. They won another tournament yesterday and, or Saturday, and um, they're just tearing it up down there out and that stretch of water they're they, them, them and the mass old boys are about as stuff as there is now
1: yeah they they're knowing something um yeah I'm gonna try to put a tracking device on that boat or something when i find
0: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> they, they really work hard at it but you know um, i don't know how you feel about this but this is this is my um my way of thinking about that you get you you know you get some of these guys like the Kearnses, like uh, Daryl and Jason Maskville, Jeff Dodd uh, some of them guys that, that are consistently in the top five or so um, honestly believe that those guys have figured out something that works for them that everybody else hasn't figured out or they're doing something a little bit different than everybody else is that's working for them, that everybody hasn't got that. Uh, they've got some kind of little glitch uh, that just is, is hitting it. And, uh, you know, I know these guys spend a lot of time on the water, and, and they put their time in looking for fish and making sure everything is right. But I don't know whether they've got bait presentation or whether it's a different um, uh, hookup ratio on a hook. I don't know what it is, but they've got something figured out that's working for them down there and congratulations to them for doing that because they're staying on top of their game with whatever it is that they're doing.
1: Yeah, they, um, you know, it's easy after you get out there a while, I'll get into little swings like that to where um, I think I got it figured out and then um, I let myself down, but, but you know, you know, if you can figure out the little bit of pressure systems and, you know, are they going shallow? Um, You know, are they going to be, you know, going in and out of the channel? Are they going to be, you know, running the channel edge? Um, You know, you just, you know, try to figure out where you think they're going to be and then, you know, go after them. But, um, you know, I've, I've seen guys up on the Tennessee River, you know, some of them guides up there, you know, I'd, I'd been on the channel edge fishing all day and not even get a bite, you know, and they're throwing up pictures of 60 and 70 pounders, and they're saying, look what I found in four foot of water. And I'm right. like, how in, the, how in the heck did you do that? <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. I know. You know, right now, I think, um, you know, the is always on me about not fishing shallow water, and, and I'm bad not to fish shallow water. I don't like fishing shallow It's kind of like lakes. I don't like to fish lakes because they don't have any current in them. But um, right now, um I believe as as these blues come off the nest that uh, they'll be chasing them shad up on them shallow flats and and I honestly think that that uh, would be where I would be uh, going if I was out looking for fish tomorrow. I would be looking for a channel ledge with a flat and I'd be up on top of that baby looking for shad and if there was shad up there, I know them blues. If they're off the nest, they would be up there after them. Uh, But um, you know, in a week or two, I'd be back out to my Fifteen, twenty, thirty foot of water, uh, where I feel like I should be at that time. But, uh, so, you know.
1: so, what do you think oh, about Oh Aaron uh, coming in fourth? You see that?
0: Was it fourth or third?
1: I think it was fourth.
0: Uh, whatever it was, that was an outstanding job. I talked to him the night before on on the phone, and and uh, I'm I'm very happy for Aaron and his partner. They done a really good job. Uh, I know he lives down oh, there. They,
1: that was third place. They came in third. Yeah,
0: that's, that's what I thought. But uh, you know, to, you can live in an area and and not be uh, not go down there and win all the time. But but uh, he had told me that he'd found some fish and, and evidently they happened to be biting that day because third place is his outstanding position and uh, Dave Ashby and and uh, uh, oh shoot I can't think of his name now. Uh, Adam uh, Winder. Adam Winder, yeah, they uh, they got fourth, I believe, wasn't it? And um uh, that was a really good finish for them guys. Congratulations on that. I I can't remember all the uh the finishing places, but uh that was really good for Adam and Dave to come in there and, and hit a lick like that. Uh, Dave traveled a long way to fish that tournament with Adam, so uh that's a really good deal. But Uh, yeah, I'm very happy for all them guys doing good, and uh, I guess the water's still up a little bit down there from what I understand, but not like it was.
1: Well, you know, I'm just glad that uh, Aaron got out, got to fish a good tournament, and uh, got a really good finish, because, you know, I'd hate to sit there, even though um, I had a great tournament going on, and I was the director, you know, it's got to be heartbreaking watching everybody blast off, and uh, everybody's out fishing, and you're sitting there uh, waiting on them to get back. So
0: yeah, it uh, is. Really- I, we've done that. We uh, you know in our tournaments, we we, we get really busy, and, and this this may be the last year that uh, that Cindy and I get to fish our tournaments. It's just it's got to the point where we really can't fish them and and uh, run them. And uh, to make sure everything's done right, this may be our last year of fishing our tournaments. Which, if that's the case, then uh, when them tournaments like that comes up, then we'll be heading down to Orwinsboro so we can work on a wearing a little bit. I don't want him to get used to taking all that money home. That'll be more money for you to spend on uh, fishing with the uh, fishing the other trails. So well, it'd be more time, but we spend a lot of time. Uh, uh, setting these tournaments up and, and worrying about whether the water is going to be out and out of hand and different things but uh, Aaron posted he got a 36 pound flathead drifting on a whole skipjack you know uh, that's just an outstanding fish and and uh, one of the very few flatheads you hear of that, that was caught drifting uh, it's, it's really good.
1: yeah um, I've only caught one flathead drifting but um, that was on cut shad. But, uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's, I hadn't caught too many flatheads drifting. It's always been, if I've caught them fishing for blues uh, on cut skip jack, it's always been anchored down. And right. most of the time it's been surprisingly in the winter time when you didn't think you was going to catch one.
0: Uh, now, when you talk about catching flatheads in the wintertime down in your neck of the woods, down, do they don't go dormant down there like they do up here? Well,
1: you know, the water temperature gets down around, you know, uh, you know, forty-eight, fifty degrees. It might get down to around forty-five, and it fluctuates uh, around in there. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of these flatheads will stay moving around a little bit, um, you know, and don't exactly, you know, totally go dormant. Because uh, I've called them, I've caught them up, um, you know, on channel edges, you know, late December before, um, you know, and as early as you know, the first of February. So. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's because, you know, I threw out right on top of them and, you know, it was laying right in front of their nose or something. But, um, I mean, they just didn't, uh, you know, roll over and let me reel them in. They, you know, they were meant business and they fought all the way in just like they do in the summer. They they still put up a good fight.
0: Well, that's good because, you know, in the wintertime up here, we're allowed to have three, four, five, six feet of, of ice and uh, them babies they ain't going nowhere. Then I mean, they're pretty much uh, they're pretty much laying there on the bottom of them. And, uh, I've actually uh, in the winter time when the water wasn't froze, I went up some of the smaller rivers like Salt River, and and uh, I've found stretches uh, where there'll be a deep hole, and uh, you'll go over that that hole, and uh, you may have them stacked up in there four and five deep for in a, in a trough there's one place in particular that I, we go to quite often to check them when it's cold weather it gets cold and then flathead will be stacked up in there for uh, three or four hundred yards and, and it's in a it's in a trough that's probably ten or twelve foot wide and they'll be stacked up all the way up and down that trough and, and you can drag bait through it unless you snag one you never catch one of them and, uh, you, but you know we're talking about thirty 30, 32 degree water, where you're talking about 50, and that's quite a bit of difference.
1: Yeah, did you uh, did you see where they, um, they found the guy that was missing from Scottsboro, that um, he was filming a lot of Jonathan's shows, he was part of the film crew, um, he'd been missing all month, and they found him a couple of days ago uh, in the location where uh, he was last seen from,
0: did you see that? Yes, I did. That's uh, that's, too, that's a shame that that, that happened. And uh, our condolences go out to the family and everybody that is involved with that.
1: Yeah, he was. Uh, I never got to meet him. Um, he was he was in the boat with Jonathan. I, and I went up when um, him and Dave and Brad was out, but I never did get to pull right up to the boat and and actually get to meet him or anything. But um, you know, him and Jonathan were really good friends and everything. And um he was a he did a lot of fishing guiding he did a lot of uh filming um and he was a really good guy um, yeah
0: you know, that's, that's crying shame as things happen but that just, you know you're talking about a guy that's out on the water every day nearly and and pays attention and knows what's going on and accidents still happen and that's that's why I was making the uh the statement earlier about people being careful this holiday weekend and and uh, make sure you don't drink too much and get your leg tangled up, ropes are different. You know, there's a lot of ways to get injured, but uh, uh, things can happen, and everybody needs to watch what they're doing, especially on a weekend where everybody's out uh, partying and having a good time. Well, there's a picture
1: of uh, Jonathan on Facebook right now. It looks like he's holding a very big blue, and he's in a kayak. And And he said he went for a sleigh ride today.
0: <laughs> well,
1: and, good it's, and it's a beast, and I've always wanted to uh, hook up on a big catfish in one of them kayaks. I bet it is a great, great
0: fight. Well, it may be, but them kayaks kind of remind me of canoes, and they're like ten-speed bicycles. My ass just don't fit them anymore. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, uh, you know,
1: he had not got his other boat in yet, and he's kind of got cabin fever in the middle of summer, so it's really
0: I'm bad. Sure he does, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, it
1: it's, gonna, it's gonna be a It's gonna be a few more weeks, I believe, before he gets his boat in, and I think he's been without it for probably a month already. So, um, it don't surprise me one bit. He's out in the kayak because he likes to be mm-hmm. on the water every day.
0: Well, I understand that. That'd, that'd be awesome if you could do that. Hopefully, though, we can get back out here before long. I just uh, we've got a bunch of stuff trying to get things caught up, and and um, we haven't decided if we want to go to the lake or if we're going to go to the river. Kind of waiting to see what these rivers do up here, and and uh, hopefully it won't get completely out of hand. Yeah, we got. Um...
1: We got our next tournament for the Alabama Catfish Trail that's uh, going to be in a couple of weeks. Um, Daniel kind of uh, planned it like this because he was raised down on that stretch of the river down on, in the Warrior River, it's more of uh, central Alabama and he he said around that time on the Warrior River that the blues are usually off totally off spawned by the 1st of July. It's not like the coosa. Um so Hopefully we're, we're going to be able to get on some in a couple of weeks down that way. Um, What's your know, water
0: temperature down there,
1: Chuck? Uh, Saturday it was, uh, I found in the sloughs, it was 86, 87. Uh, it's like 84 out on the channel.
0: That's, that's pretty warm.
1: Yeah, it's very warm. It's like bath water or more.
0: Yeah, I don't think we're quite that warm up here, and and that might be. Uh, but I'm thinking uh, they're just going to start coming off this week. You know, uh, on the lakes and stuff, it'll be a little warmer than out on the rivers. And uh, I know them guys are saying that they're 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 catching some blues and stuff uh, off these lakes, but uh, I feel like the next week or so you'll start seeing them. And most owls come off of the nest on the river, and uh, by the second weekend in in July, they ought to just about all be done, and uh, be able to get in some really really good fishing from that point on.
1: Yeah, I've never been really excited about uh, summertime catfish, and I've always been a, a fall, winter, spring. Uh, this year, I totally missed spring; it just flew by me like it you know never existed. Um, You know, but I I usually can't wait until October. You know, starting around October, I start getting really excited about, you know, fishing. And, um, you know, most people are grabbing their bows and heading in the woods. And (laughs) around November, you know, getting their guns cleaned and ready to go out hunting. Um, You know, for the past three years, um, I haven't went hunting one time. I've totally just about gave that up and uh, pretty much just totally been, you know, uh, targeting trophy catfish in the winter now
0: right yeah uh, I went for a long stretch where I didn't hunt at all and in the last two or three years I did quite a little bit of it and, uh but uh, this year is probably going to be back to the fishing because uh, fall and winter are two of the best times to find trophy fish um, for some reason and I don't know why it is it just seems to work out that way but uh, with the if the water stays up, uh, in the 18 to 22 foot range, them guys down in St. Louis will be in heaven down there because with high water and and uh, pretty good current uh, below that Alton Dam, they'll they'll just absolutely have their way with them big gold blues, and uh, you'll see some giant numbers come out of there this year if uh, if the water continues to stay up like that. Yeah, um,
1: if they start pushing us current. They're, they're talking about on the Coosa River that um, that they want to try to have some type of water flow 24 hours a day instead of sh- totally shutting the water off and I haven't heard how they're going to do it yet um, you know with one with one generator running uh, on the Coosa, it's usually between eight and ten thousand CFS or so so, I don't know if they're just going to, you know, figure out some way to, you know, just spill a gate or, you know, something. But um, they're, they're thinking it's going to help with the, the pollution and, um, you know, keep keeping the, you know, the the water a lot more clean. Uh, right now, you know, they'll leave it off for a half a day and uh, it just seems like it, it lets everything settle to the bottom and then, I think that's you know a lot of the pollution is able to uh, you know when they leave the water running it 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 seems to disperse better it don't you know stay in one spot and and is able to settle when somebody pollutes the river so I think that's right. what to focus on right now
0: um are are you on where you can see what people are writing on the uh on our live chat
1: um no I got back on there I was on there a few mean, uh.
0: Let me run something by you here. What are your feelings on the lawsuit against Kentucky Fish and Wildlife that has been filed by the commercial fishermen from Kentucky? you think that's a legitimate deal or a stall tactic? you think it's uh, uh, just something they're trying to do to, to drag this out as long as they can? Of course. Um,
1: and, you know, I don't, it, you know, they, they ought to just go double their focused right now to you know to to shut them on down more you know um you know if they they did them so good um you know on these regulations they they pretty much um just pretty much made some regulations where nothing would really change um you know because if if you get whatever it was uh four catfish over 40 inches in one day uh that's i mean that's would be the perfect day for any fisherman i mean, if you're able to do that even if you release them but uh, I mean if you do that day after day um you know that that's a lot of big fish so I think they're just stalling right now and you know if I was Kentucky I would pretty much um, be trying to find a way to you know get back at them for this
0: well my feelings about that is is that the commercial guys has got a lot of money and they're trying to throw, flaunt their money around because they know that the the average Joe and and the people that's fighting this uh, don't have that kind of money and if the state had any stones to them whatsoever they would go in there and cut half again what they took away from the guys, from the guys pulling this crap uh, they've let them commercial guys have too much power and they need to, to just slap them upside the head and say, boys, enough's enough. Now, we, we give you a fair shake, now we're going to take that much again because you want to drag this out and not accept uh, what we set up. Now, uh, granted, that's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. You know it's not going to happen. But when you get money into politics, that's the kind of crap that goes on. And that's the only way you're going to stop it is the lawmakers down there step up and grow a pair and hit them
1: guys' counts, right in their wall. Yeah, yeah, I'm not really sure the the whole deal on that. You know, I'm down here in Alabama. I try to keep up with it as much as possible, but, uh, you know, to to me it seems like, you know, they're trying to stall, uh, you know, to keep these regulations from even starting up, and really everything's in their favor. I mean, at least something has got started, and uh you know the the sport is starting to be recognized uh, so there's always room for improvement but you know the, they're still getting uh you know if 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 they can keep unlimited under 40 and four over 40 a day that is still um a whole lot more than i would agree with that's just totally ridiculous right there
0: well, they've got a 1 over 35 from Camelton up to West Virginia. If they can make it 1 over 35 from Camelton to West Virginia, there's no reason they can't make it 1 over 35 for the whole rest of that river too. Uh, the reason that that river's in the shape it's in now is from overharvesting, and everybody knows that it's been harvested And, and the, the, the recreational fishermen and uh, the tournament guys, they're not the one that's overharvesting. The overharvesting... Is done from the commercial guys and the guys that own them pay lakes It goes out there and takes all them big fish and, and either takes them and sells them uh, to be butchered or that they put them in their pay lakes to be starved to death. And regardless of what happens to them, the fact is that they're just absolutely taking too many of them out.
1: Yeah, I couldn't believe my eyes when I, uh, I seen a lot of photos of some guys out um, that work for these pay lakes I don't know if they were owners or pay lakes were paying them, and they were out, you know, with with just loads of hoop nets full of these big flatheads and blues. I mean, it was just unbelievable that, um, you know, how many they're hauling out of there, and just by the truckloads.
0: Well, and here's, you know, I've been telling people for for the last two or three years. I said, you know. Um, Everybody thinks that the only place that they're getting those fish is out of the Ohio River, and that's not true. We know now for a fact that they're coming to the Mississippi River, and uh, they, they've been they've been caught. They, they People know that they're coming over here, and uh, if you think it's the Ohio River is the only place that them clowns are, are working, is you're badly mistaken. Uh, and the way we get this stopped is people that have video cameras, you go up and you take videos of them guys, uh, taking four, five, six, seven, eight thousand pounds of fish out of them rivers with their nets and stuff and where their boats are level full and you send that to your DNR or your uh, Department of Conservation and show them guys what's happening. Uh, it's a natural resource for all of us, not just for commercial guys. If they want a commercial fish, there's plenty of common carp, Asian carp, uh, there's everything under the sun that's undesirable, that never was here to begin with, and there's there's plenty of those from to get. There's no reason to to take all the catfish out. Uh, uh, one of the things that, that bends me the worst is the fact that if you get caught taking a bass a which is not fit to eat to start with, uh, it's only the breakfast of a good blue or a flathead anyhow, and if you take that thing across state lines alive, you, and you get caught, you're probably going to go to jail, But yet they let them haul these live catfish across state lines every day and don't do a damn thing about it. That's just completely ridiculous. I mean, what what
1: what do you think these commercial fishermen are thinking? Do they want to uh, just clear the river out and hope that they don't run out of catfish before they retire?
0: Well, oh, I think they believe that there's no end to, this, to the big fish, but they're the ones that should know. Uh, you, you, they're not telling me that they're still getting abundances of 50, 60, 70 pound fish because they're just not there like they once was. Uh, you know, now there's areas where you can get some big fish once in a while, but uh, that Ohio River has just been pilfered to where there's, you know, it, it's it's terrible to have such a great fishery. be be destroyed, like it's been destroyed, and these states sit there and and let this happen and don't do anything about it. Like I say, these representatives and congressmen, uh, whoever's in charge of that down there, grow a pair. You've been elected to do a job. Do your job, do it correctly, and make your constituents happy. If you make a few commercial guys mad, that's just too bad. I mean, that's what you got elected. Them, them two or three commercial guys did not put you in office. It's these fishermen that go out there day after day after day and spend their hard-earned money buying these fishing licenses year after year after year. Them's the guys that elect you and put you in office.
1: Yep, yeah, and uh, you know I don't know, you know, if them commercial guys are able to to be able to afford to to you know pay some of these guys off or whatever, um, you know I don't know if any of that goes on. but if if some of that's going on and it just seems like i I understand commercial guys you know that especially the ones that's been doing it for a while that's their lifestyle um there is becoming a market for asian carp so i mean even if it's uh, a lot cheaper per pound it seems like they could just get tons of that stuff if they wanted to, you know. They I mean, I, I would want to, uh, you know, just, you know, go, go, you know, be able to go for the tonnage.
0: Well, and, and granted, it's probably not as much per pound, but you could there's, there's such. You talk about an unlimited supply. If if you want to be able to harvest something where there's unlimited numbers, Asian carp, big head, whatever you want to call them, silver carp. There is an unlimited supply of those. And uh, I know that uh, a few years ago, they was looking into making dog food out of Missouri Columbia University of uh, Columbia. Uh, I know that they're exporting it to China and places, you know, and and, uh, the United States of all places think they need to feed the world. Well, let's feed them these Asian carp and eradicate them from from, uh, the rivers that are not supposed to be there anyhow. Catch all them dudes and ship them over to these places that need something to eat. Instead of sending them our grain and stuff and driving the prices up, where the average guy can't afford to go out and buy anything.
1: That's correct. Uh, do, you, do you know if there's a, a big market for the Asian carp yet? Have you heard anything?
0: I do know that they're working on two places to to uh, to uh, take care of them. There's one in, in Illinois and one down south. And uh, uh, you know, once they get those rolling and and uh, once they get to produce this stuff, they can can this stuff, and uh, they they can prepare it all different ways. And uh, uh, I understand it's quite good eating. I personally haven't, haven't um, uh, ate it myself, but my brother-in-law has. He's had some smoked and, and different ways, and he says it's really good. And I know it's a, a huge thing uh, overseas. They eat it all the time, so it's very white meat. Uh, so I see no reason that that they, <coughs> pardon me, that they can't uh, prepare it, ship it out, uh, you know, feed it to these third world countries that starve to death every day. If they want to send them something instead of sending them money, send them Asian carp. I'm all for that.
1: Yeah, I think there should be a pretty good market for it. I mean, if 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 there's tonnage of it. Um, there's got to be a market for it where there's where people can make a killing at it.
0: One other thing about the regulations down in Kentucky is these regulations was passed by the legislation and the Fish and Wildlife in Kentucky. There is no reason that that should have ever been changed for any reason by anybody. Once a law is passed and put into effect, there should should no way that could ever been stopped, changed, modified, or anything without going through. Uh, the whole uh, roar of, of Congress and the House and all that again. Uh, you know, there's just no reason for that to happen. And that's a money thing. Uh, they can say what they want. If somebody's uh, pad in their pocket, and that's how they got that stopped. But hopefully, that, that these guys will, will get back on the straight and narrow and, and uh, tell these guys to take a heave-hole and put them regulations back into effect and make sure that they can't pull that ignoramus stuff again.
1: Yeah, there was um, there was a post that came up on Facebook a while back where somebody had been on a Pay Lake site or something where it had been cut, and some radio station was boosting some Pay Lake, and they were supposed to have some shingding, and some Pay Lakes got had a bounty out or something for a couple of hundred pound catfish. So I wonder how they uh, how them guys are going to go about trying to find a couple hundred pound catfish. Are they going to take a chance on going into a state where they're going to be breaking the law to do this, or, uh, you know, they're going to, you know, try to just go to the local rivers where they used to fish and then hope they can get one?
0: Well, when that come out, that's when they was found, them guys was found on the Mississippi River. When that statement come out that weekend, there was a couple of boats on the Mississippi River, and, uh I'm not going to elaborate on where they's at because I don't want them down in there chasing after the fish. They have no business bothering But um, uh, I instantly, instantly I started getting messages about them guys uh, from out of state being here. Yeah, it, so, you know, it, it's
1: happening. Are they in their live, live fish trucks or oh, yes. how are they hauling? They're, they're in those
0: trucks. They brought those trucks and a boat. I, I actually had... A guy sent pictures to me, talking
1: uh, about a sore thumb sticking out.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's that's, that's pretty sad. And, and uh, like I say, uh, if them guys want to go out and have all these Asian and common carp and and stuff like that, there's just tons and tons and tons of them. Go out, get them things up, take them and sell them. Uh, there's two or three plants in Kentucky. There's one being built in, in Tennessee. In my understanding There's uh, one in, I think it's in Carpendale, Illinois. And, and uh, there's plenty of places you can take these things and sell them and make you some money. Nobody wants to stop commercial fishing, they just want you to stop taking all the, the large uh, fish out, the breeding size fish out of our rivers, uh, catfish. And uh, uh, I understand that Ron Brooks, the head of fisheries, is going to take a stand on July 9th and testify in favor of the regulations in Kentucky. Thank you, Aaron, for that. Uh, that's, a, that's a great thing. Uh, I, I'd really like to see about getting Ron on our show sometime. I think it'd be a, a, a good deal to get him on here and uh, we could go through stuff. So I know we, we had Brian Kennedy from the Department of Conservation uh, on the show. Uh, and that, Really, that was a great show. We had a great time with, with Brian. He's an outstanding guy, and I feel like Ron would be uh, also a very good guest on the show, too.
1: So what all uh, what all is this uh, lawsuit about? Are they suing because of these regulations and saying it's hurting their style of living, or
0: I, I'm not really sure. I, I, something to that effect, basically. Uh, you know, they, they want to be able to take all the fish they want, and, and nobody say anything to them, and that's just that's just complete ridiculous.
1: No, you got to have conservation. Um, uh, they're not. They haven't
0: for years, and, and uh, it's time they stepped up to the plate and realize what they've been doing for the last 50 years is wrong, and, and uh, now they're going to have to, to fall back into what should have been done years before now. Yeah,
1: we have, uh, you know, we have pay lakes in Alabama. Um, you know, I don't know if any of them are taken out of our rivers and stuff. <coughs> All of our pay lakes are regulated. That, you know, they got to be checked. Um, you know, we have just as many commercial fishermen as we did, you know, 25 years ago. I see them on the river every time I'm out, um, and, you know, that they were all for the conservation. They were, you know, they, they wanted their uh, catfish there to be able to make a living on, so they wanted to keep these pay Lakers out of Alabama also. That was the big deal, was keeping all these big catfish from crossing the Alabama line. Hey so the, the the commercial fishermen down here they were on board with the uh, sportsmen just as much you know as anybody else. They wanted to keep those live fish trucks from crossing the state lines.
0: Well like I said a while ago there's no reason uh, if you take if you come uh, into Illinois for example, if you live in Missouri and you cross the Mississippi River and you go over there and you capture a deer, that's got a big old rack on him, and you start across that river with that fish, and you get caught. They don't tell them how long you'd be in prison uh, for doing that because that's illegal to, to bring a wild uh, a wildlife animal of any kind across state line. But now it's okay if you catch a, a ninety or hundred pound blue cat and haul it from Missouri or Illinois or or wherever to uh, Indiana or Kentucky or or uh, uh, Ohio and and. To me, those guys uh, should be instantly uh, put in jail for the rest of their life. Uh, there's no reason to do that. If you can't do it with a deer or anything else, you shouldn't be able to do it with a catfish. Uh, wildlife's wildlife. Doesn't matter. swims, walks, crawls, uh, slithers. It doesn't make any difference. If you cross the state line, it should be illegal, and you should get serious consequences for that. Yeah, uh, you know, the United States government, they cannot
1: control all the conservation of anything. So, you know, that's pretty much up to each state to do it. They try to regulate all the federal parks and all that stuff. and But, you know, the states have got to be able to handle their own and stand up and, you know, keep their wildlife, their fishing game to where they're going to be able to have tourists come in fish their waters, hunt their land, and not want to not want to go anywhere else but that state.
0: They well, want be- and that's why we have conservation departments and state D&R departments. Keep the government out of it and let those organizations do their job. They know better than anyone else what needs to be done. And when they pass a law, leave it alone and let it do what it's intended to do.
1: And you got to keep fines high enough to persuade people from breaking the laws.
0: Well, and that's exactly right. You know, we the Missouri passed the law uh, with the the slot limit, the 34 inch rule on Truman and Lake of the Ozarks. And my greatest fear, even though there's about six or eight whiny butts down in the south part of the state that think that that's wrong because everybody can't go, take all their money and go to McDonald's, they got to. They got to eat every fish they catch, which is just employed. Uh, it's a way of them them getting something said, to, because it's absolutely not true. Uh, but if if you don't make the fine, if the fine's not great enough to make them never want to do that again, then there's no sense of passing a law. If you get caught with a fish over 34, if the, the second fish over 34, I think you're allowed to So if you get caught with an extra one. Uh, uh, you know, $10,000 per fish uh, or $25 an ounce like they do turkey and, and different, you know, game birds and, and uh, different things, frog legs, $25 a leg, I believe, was the last time I knew. You know, find them enough to, to where they will never do it again, no matter what. And if they get caught the second time, uh, uh, substantial penitentiary time and never be allowed to buy a hunting fishing license again. Uh, that's the way you stop that stuff.
1: Yeah, because these guys, you know, they get fined $250. Uh, you know, that's that's nothing to these guys.
0: No, uh,
1: no. They, they'll, you know, they pay that fine, and, you know, some of these get guys are getting fined over and over again. Um, every time they get fined, it should be greater every time.
0: Well, double it or triple it, and that will stop it after. Eventually, they just it'll have to because they'll sooner or later run out of money.
1: Correct. And you know they they need to take their equipment, you know, just like you know hunting violations. They take all your guns. They'll take your truck, everything. You know, take them rod and reels, their them nets or boats. whatever they got. Their boats and um, you know let them go out and scrounge and find some more equipment. And you know they'll think twice about having those taken out from under them.
0: Absolutely, I know uh, we was in Colorado elk several years ago and uh, got checked and. And uh, everything was all right. And the, the gentleman that stopped us and checked us out told us a story about some guys that they just got out of Texas. And uh, one of them shot a cow elk and didn't have the cow elk tag, but his partner did. And they watched them uh, on through binoculars and, and scopes and stuff, and watched them uh, the wrong. One guy shoot it, and another guy put a tag on it and uh, they took their horses and their horse trailer and their truck and all their money and everything they had, their guns and everything, and did was kind enough to take them into town where they could call their wives to wire them enough money to get on a plane and go back to Texas Uh, empty-handed. That's how you stop that kind of crap. You know, if you want it stopped, you have to make the fines substantial enough that you're only going to do it one time.
1: Yeah, you know, in the states, they have to make these laws and they have to enforce them. They just can't pass them and not have the personnel out there to enforce them. Uh, you, most counties around here, we've only got one, um, you know, fish and wildlife representative per county. And right. they. So during, during the wintertime, they're out, you know, scouting the woods and the lakes are wide open. Uh, we just don't have enough people to uh, in- enforce. Uh, and th- that's a big problem down here is, you know, the
0: enforcement. Right, right. and we run into that up here, too, although we, uh, they are gaining ground, I believe, in Missouri. But uh, then again, uh, you know, these guys go out there, and, and uh, uh, if you catch somebody doing something wrong, you've got to turn them in. Uh, this free gratis stuff, uh, letting your buddy go down the road and, well, I know he done wrong. Well, if it's wrong, it's wrong. You know, it's just the way it is. Uh, these guys, there is a certain amount of them that uh, that do their job, and, and for the most part, I think most of them try to do a good job. But if you're breaking a law, and this grace period stuff, once a law is passed, it's passed. There should be no grace period. If you get caught doing something wrong, the maximum fine right off the bat, get it done, get it over with, Get them broke up to where they don't want
1: to do it anymore. That, yeah, they have to set the example and do it right off the bat. I agree. They, they, they don't need to wait to catch somebody. They need to go looking right off the bat and go ahead and make some examples instead of just waiting for somebody to call and then following up, uh, then trying to you know drive down to the boat ramp four hours later to see if they've. You know, pulled their trailer out of the water yet? And oh looky there, uh, we didn't get here in time.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Just, just get it done, get it out of the way, and and that'll be it. Well, we're kind of running a little long here today, Chuck. Have you got anything you want to go over with for a final statement? Yeah, I just want to let everybody know. Um, Ten days away
1: from our um, our night tournament on Hoyt Lake. It's uh, twelve July. It's five p.m. to two a.m. Um, you can get on uh, Alabama Catfish Trail uh, the Facebook page, and I, today I posted um, a, a link on there. If you want to uh, camp, uh, since it's a night tournament, we can come in, you know, 2 in the morning, weigh in, go straight to your tent. Nobody has to drive home. Um, you know, just throw a tent up. Sites are only $22 a night. I'm going to stay two nights myself. Um, and it's going to be a really good time. So if you need any more information on this tournament, just go to the uh, the Alabama Catfish Trail uh, page and uh, everything you need to know on there. We have an event posted.
0: Okay. We have a uh, Twisted Cat Outdoors. We'll be having a uh, uh, tournament July 12th, providing the river is within reasonable means. Uh, it'll be a minimum of $2,500 first place guaranteed money uh, hopefully the river will settle down we can get this thing done uh, I'm keeping an eye on the river st- stages right now every day and uh, if we make changes it'll be on Facebook, on Twisted Cat Outdoors website we'll post it everywhere that we possibly can get a venue to post it to let everybody know if something changes as it stands right now we're going ahead with it uh, we do have uh, uh, some big exciting news coming up for the year-end tournament. The date has been changed to uh, October 25th and 26th. We're looking at a $5,000 first place prize money to win. Uh, all the details haven't been put together, but it looks like everything's going to be go. It'll be a new format. There'll be a Calcutta and second day buy-in. And uh, As soon as we get all the details worked out, I get all that posted up to keep everybody uh, uh, informed of what we got going. Uh, since Chris is not here, I'm going to try to do the best I can with what he usually does, and uh, although we each have sponsors of our very own, uh, there's the Catfish Weekly Show is, is not sponsored by any one group, and, and we welcome anyone that would like to be a sponsor or become a sponsor of the show. Uh, we don't hold anything against anybody with any brands or similarities even though most of us have our own sponsors so uh, come to the show and and, uh, be glad to have you on Uh, we are in the process of looking for some new uh, guest speakers if anybody has any ideas please feel free to to email us and let us know or get on the uh, Facebook uh, website and and, uh, catfishweekly.com and and, uh, give us a shout as far as I know, unless you've got something else, Chuck, that should just about end the show for the day.
1: And that's it, and uh, we'll see you all
0: next week. Thanks, everybody.